Welcome to Peak Mind. I'm your host, Michael Trainer, and I'm extremely excited for today's Mind Key on the benefits of light. So, many parts of the world are entering into winter. I'm reminded of my childhood in Chicago and my time in university in Maine. And as someone who uh, is very, very affected by light, uh, hence my move to Los Angeles, I was really curious about the emerging fields of light therapy and was over at my friend Luke Story's house and noticed he had this like wall of red lights uh, and asked him about it and started hearing about the benefits for your skin and hormones and all the different efficacy that uh, red light has. And so I, I got curious about it and reached out uh, after meeting a gentleman by the name of, of Scott uh, Nelson at Paleo FX reached out about the company that Luke had introduced me to called Juve and wound up getting one of their Juve solos, which uh, I started using with my meditation practice. And in delving in, I just got super keen on the benefits of red light therapy and learning as much as I could about it. So I decided to invite Scott on the show because one of the things that I want to do with these mind keys is introduce you to the sort of leading edge uh, aspects of health and wellness as it relates to whether it be, you know, brands I, I love or devices or, you know, just overall um, kind of trends in the wellness uh, world that I think have efficacy. And so we've talked about everything from cold plunges uh, to nutrition. Now we're going to get into light uh, because one of the things I've been super interested in is, is not just sort of how we live optimally in the seasons, uh, but also how we approach each day uh, to align with our circadian rhythms. And so I've done, I've tried the blue light blocking glasses. I, you know, I've got the red light filter on my, my iPhone. And then the next step I took was getting the red light therapy device. So I had a really uh, cool and dynamic conversation with Scott, who presented me with a lot of the research. And so today I just wanted to uh, offer you that conversation so you can think about the role in your own life. And if you're starting to look at natural ways in which you can sort of increase, uh, you know, sort of hormones or look at different skin conditions, you know, obviously I'm not a doctor and this isn't sort of medical recommendations, but I'm always looking at, uh, you know, what are the different devices, supplements, practices that we can integrate into our lives uh, in the 21st century to help sort of mitigate the risks of exposure we have to you know, all of the, the sort of toxic aspects of modern day living uh, and the stressful aspects of modern day living. So without further ado, it's, it's my great pleasure to, uh, to introduce Scott Nelson. Scott's the co-founder of Juve, um, which is the first company basically to develop a modular full body light therapy device. Um, Scott's a great guy. I've met him a couple of times at some of the leading conferences in the health and wellness space. He spent his entire career uh, in med tech and medical device companies, and he has one of the top-ranked uh, medical device podcasts, and is just an all-around great guy. Uh, lives here in Southern California, fellow Midwest transplant, and uh, I think you'll really get a lot of value out of this episode. So without further ado, Scott Nelson. All right. My man, I'm here with my uh, my friend Scott Nelson, and uh, it's a pleasure to have you, brother. Michael, always good to chat with you, my friend, and looking forward to the discussion around all things light. Yeah, so I, I asked you to come on the show because 
Um, as folks may know, I've been doing a huge amount of testing and protocols because, uh, you know, of a variety of things. I had some mold exposure. Um, I also had some Lyme, which I was able to get rid of, thankfully, early. But I just, you know, I've talked to a variety of folks, Dr. Mark Hyman, uh, Dr. Dale Bredesen, around just doing assessments and really kind of getting a blanket sense of, like, where you're at, which is what I'm doing. I actually literally this morning uh, took a test to test everything from hormones to heavy metal exposure to mold exposure. But one of the things that I've been really compelled by as I've done my research into optimization is light and the efficacy and effect of light. And um, I personally have, um, when I was in college in Maine, actually had SAD, seasonal affective disorder, and uh, started to use light, artificial light therapy then. And I, uh, not long ago, uh, got a Jew device. I saw you guys at, uh, at Paleo FX and just did a deep dive into red light and become fascinated by it. And so I wanted to bring you on because I'm really interested in this sort of the evolving research that's coming out as it relates to red light therapy. So can you can you can you give me just a little quick background on uh, on how you got into uh, you know light and the and the and the consequence of light and and why we're seeing sort of this this kind of evolution, if you will, of red light. Uh, a bunch of my friends, I just go, go over to their places and I'll see like, you know, devices and this and that. And I'm like, what, how did we get here? And, and, and why, why is it something you're so passionate about? Yeah, no doubt. And I'm hoping for everyone that's kind of tuning in and, and um, maybe this is the first time you're hearing about light and, and maybe beneficial wavelengths of light, or maybe those that negatively impact our health. Kind of the, the the big overarching kind of theme that that hopefully we'll kind of get across is that um, light, regardless of the wavelengths, um, is really important for our overall health, and that's one of the things that that a, a, as a company we allocate a lot of resources and time towards is really educating people around the the overall importance of uh, of light and appreciating it as part of kind of the, the 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 kind of the broader health equation. You know, most of us think about uh, the the need for quality sleep. Uh, we think about eating, um, eating whole foods, uh, training and exercise, but a lot of people never think about light as part of that, that equation. And so hopefully we'll, we'll, uh, we'll give the, the listeners, um, a little bit more information about why that's important and maybe next steps they can take kind of in their, in their routine. Um, but on, on that note, uh, me personally, um, I spent most of my career, Michael, in, in, in the traditional med tech space, the medical device space, more specifically the cardiovascular arena. So for the better part of 15 years, um, my wheelhouse was things like cardiovascular stents and balloons and thrombectomy catheters. So, uh, a far cry from, um, <laughs> from, from light therapy or, or photobiomodulation, but it's sort of that, like our story is, is it's unique, but probably not too different than most, most kind of startups in the sense that, um, my wife and her sister, um, this is, we were living in Minneapolis at the time. Uh, this was in the kind of the dearth of winter, I believe it was maybe January, February timeframe. So not a lot of light, a lot of people, you know, affected by seasonal, know, uh, well. or sad or seasonal affective disorder, just like you mentioned, kind of at the outset of the, the conversation here, but they, they purchased, a um, using air quotes for the listeners, a red light therapy package from a local spa in Minneapolis. Uh, they went consistently for four to five times a week for almost three months and saw really good results. Um, primarily related to skin health. They saw the reduction of like fine lines and wrinkles, reduction of age spots. Their, their skin just had a more healthy glow. And, and maybe, maybe more importantly, they, they just felt better, like more energized, 
more um, more in tune with their bodies. And again, this is a time. This is the time of year at, at that at that point. You know, this is dating back to early 2015. There wasn't a lot of natural sunlight. You know, in Minneapolis uh, that that time of year. And so they saw really good results, but. Um, they, it was, it's hard. It's hard to go to any sort of commercial facility that often and that frequent, um, not to mention it's not overly budget friendly either. Um, and so they were looking for products that they could use at home. And most of the, uh, in terms of, in, in terms of product availability, most of the, most of the, uh, the offerings at that point were, um, were small little handheld devices, um, most of them underpowered. And so what that meant is that you can't really treat a big area of your body with a small little handheld device and because they were underpowered, it meant that you had to, you know, use it for a really long period of time in order to receive a clinically relevant dose of, of, of energy. And so that's what sort of started our journey. Um, they, uh, you know, they were pretty keen on, on finding a product they could use at home, something ideally that, that uh, would allow for full body treatments. And, and when my wife first kind of came, came to me with, with this sort of idea, I thought like, wait a second, this is complete woo woo science, you know, like red light therapy. There's no way it has all of the, it comes with all of these benefits. Um, so I was super skeptical, super cynical, but, um, but really just started digging into the science. Um, and, uh, you know, do, doing a simple search, some simple searches on, on PubMed will yield hundreds, if not thousands, of results of peer-reviewed published literature with respect to light therapy or, or, or photobiomodulation. And so I was blown away. I was like, wait a second, here's this therapy that's supported by so much science, but yet no one's really talking about it uh, online. It's hard to find definitive information that's easily digestible. And so this, again, this is kind of, this is, we're recording this at the end of 2019. So this is, you know, for almost, almost five years ago now. And it was like, huh, well, this, this is interesting. Like maybe there's, maybe there's a market to be had here. And so that's, uh, that's kind of what, that was sort of the, the impetus for, uh, for Juve. Yeah, I, I love it. And I actually, so my interest, so when I go back to my SADS, I, I bought a light box. I can't even remember where I got it, but I would literally sit in front of it in Maine, in the winters in Maine, mm -hmm. where it got dark at like 3 p.m. Um, and my second experience, which I've never actually talked about publicly, was during the, the global citizen uh, era when I was working these 12, 14-hour days, I noticed like actually that my hair started to fall out. And I mean, you know, man, not to be vain, but you know, it's it's something I think as a, a relatively young man, I was like pretty nervous about it, and mm -hmm. I wound up uh, buying a not inexpensive device, which was a cap that was meant to like regrow your hair or prevent. And I, frankly, I didn't even know the efficacy, but I was down to spend the like thousand dollars or whatever I spent on this cap. And I remember actually when we were doing the Dalai Lama event, or the event lead up to the Dalai Lama event at Peak Bond, I was, which is right when I left Global Citizen, my uh, Andrea, who I built the event with, would, would laugh at me because I would literally be sitting at the computer <laughs> with this red light cap on. But subsequently, I've, I've evolved. Fortunately, that it actually uh, worked, uh, or whatever I did to shift in addition with diet, etc., and and reducing my stress, etc. But uh, but now I sort of meditate with the Juve, and I'd love for you to break down for folks that are listening some of that PubMed science. Like for mm -hmm. those who are interested but may not know about the scientific benefits of uh, uh, of red light therapy, can you kind of give us a context into some of the benefits? 
Yeah, yeah, and I'll, I'll cover some of the uh, some of the, the more well known mechanisms of action or well understood mechanisms of action, as well as some of the the um, the mechanisms that we're continuing to learn more more about by working in partnership with some of the leading photomedicine researchers. But um, but before we get too deep into the science, I think it's just important for the listeners to understand that the benefits of red and near infrared light therapy. So these are specific wavelengths of of light within the kind of the broader light spectrum. Um, the benefits are really wide ranging. So everything from faster muscle recovery to enhanced cognitive function to uh, hair regrowth, as you mentioned, Michael, um, to uh, body body contouring or fat loss, ironically enough. So as I list all of these benefits, hormonal production, which I think we'll, we'll get into later on in the discussion. Yeah, I'm fascinated it almost, it, it, it almost becomes, it almost sounds like a late night infomercial, you know, and like you know, wait, there's more, there's one more benefit, you know, but, but the, 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 the interesting thing, and that's why I personally was so skeptical about this. I was like, no, there's no way this is like this red and, and near infrared light can lead to all these benefits. But the reality is all of it's, all of these benefits, all of those that I just mentioned, it's all supported by published peer reviewed science. And so I think that that's one of the most important things to kind of understand is that, you know, if you're, if you're open to this concept that light matters to your health, you know, just, just, um, it's okay to be skeptical, but I think the important thing is to just understand that it's supported. It's, it's arguably one of the, the, the therapies, um, that's supported by the most science kind of within the broader natural health sort of ecosystem. And so on that note, um, the reason, one of the core reasons that you receive all of these ancillary benefits from these types of wavelengths of light is because of the core mechanism of action, which, um, uh, which, uh, it, which in essence is, um, these wavelengths stimulate, the mitochondria in your cells, which kind of like are the engines of our cells, they stimulate the mitochondria to produce more ATP energy, more adenosine triphosphate. Um, and in essence, you're, you're stimulating your cells to function more efficiently. And we can, we can go kind of a level deeper here, but that's why there's so many wide ranging benefits is because almost every cell in your body has a mitochondria. And if your mitochondria is being stimulated to produce more energy, your cells are functioning better. So whether it's it's it cells in your uh, in, in your in your head that produce hair the hair uh, hair follicles, whether it's uh, cells in your bone osteoblasts that that produce uh, that will help uh, um, uh, stimulate bone growth, it, it doesn't matter. All of these cells have mitochondria, and so these these uh, uh, these wavelengths of light are stimulating those engines to produce more energy. And and so I think that's that's probably the the most important thing to consider. Um, and we can go we can certainly go a, a level deeper there. But that at a, at a at the core, that's what that's what these wavelengths of light are doing uh, within our bodies. Yeah, I want to pause on that for a moment, just because what's fascinating for me is when I had those challenges, which m many people obviously, including those listening, will have these various health challenges. For me. I actually did a test of my mitochondrial health when I had that Lyme and, and mold scare and realized that it was it was actually operating subpar. And, you know, the mitochondria are exactly as you mentioned, the sort of engines in which we get the energy that we experience on a daily basis. And so as you were talking, it actually reminded me like in many regards, it, I feel like it, it brings back a little bit to high school where thinking about like photosynthesis and just like we mm -hmm. are as humans dramatically like affected by light, right? Like I know that because I go out in the morning and try to start my day with with, a, with ten, at least 10 minutes of sunlight uh, just to sort of start setting my circadian rhythm. But but it, it, it would make sense uh, just intuitively to me and, and, I, and, I've, and I've also seen based on results that, that light has profound effects on how we feel uh, in terms of our energy. 
Uh, and, and what I'm now fascinated by is like, what are the, also the myriad of like scientific benefits, which uh, hopefully you can get into. Yeah. And there's no doubt. And, and I think everyone listening will under understands or is, is, is familiar with the concept that when we're, when our bodies are exposed to UVB or natural sunlight and specifically uh, ultraviolet uh, rays of sunlight, um, in response, like overexposure, obviously our, our body responds and, and, and our skin is burned. But in, in moderation, our bodies produce more vitamin D, right? When exposed to UVB wavelengths, everyone sort of generally understands that. But that's that's really what we're getting at here is that our bodies respond biologically, physiologically to different wavelengths of light. So in the presence of UVB wavelengths, our bodies produce more vitamin D. In the presence of red and near infrared light wavelengths, uh, our bodies can uh, produce more more cellular energy, which leads to a whole host of different uh, different downstream benefits. So um, that I think is just an important concept to understand. And if if it, most people are I, again kind of get the idea that our our bodies respond to, to to produce more vitamin D with UVB wavelengths, the same concept just holds true with other wavelengths of light. As an example, you mentioned getting more nat full spectrum sunlight in the morning. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's why. That's why, um, as the sun rises, you see more blue and and, and bright white uh, wavelengths. Is because that serves as a signal to our bodies, our circadian rhythm, that we should begin to be awake. We should wake up, right? Whereas in the evening, as the sun sets, um, that also serves as a signal to our body. Those are wavelengths of light that our body should begin to sort of uh, slow down and and prepare for for rest. And so. That's why when you're blasting uh, your yourself with bright blue light at night. Your body thinks it's yeah, it's daytime, right? It's, it serves as a signal that hey, it's I should be wide awake, and that's not that's not a great a great recipe for success. So I think starting there and understanding that our bodies just respond to de these different wavelengths of light during different times of day um, sets the stage to go a little bit deeper, you know, on this topic of, of of photobiomodulation and and really more specifically to kind of go 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 a level deeper. Um, there there are different mechanisms of action going on with with red and near infrared light. Um, and, and really, to kind of start with the differences between the two, red and near-infrared, um, red light, most of it's absorbed in the superficial layers of our skin, so the, the dermis and epidermis of, uh, of our skin. And that's why red light is great, typically, for skin-related benefits. Hmm. So whether it's increased collagen production to, you know, for the reduction of fine lines and wrinkles, or reducing, um, or I, I guess aiding in certain skin conditions like psoriasis and rosacea, typically uh, red light is used. But for deeper tissue, um, um, most often near infrared light is used. And that's because near infrared light has the unique ability to penetrate deeper into our bodies. In fact, it can penetrate even through bone. The energy does dissipate as it travels deeper into our bodies, but that's really the primary difference between the two. But what's interesting is that when you look at some of these emerging mechanisms, um, especially when it comes to like um, uh, uh, brain function, it's, it's, it's becoming more and more clear that like Near-infrared light can actually st stimulate uh, brain-derived uh, neurotropic factor, which leads to enhanced synapt synaptogenesis and neurogenesis. And so that's why you get a lot of um, – you see a broad range of cognitive-related benefits when exposing yourself to, to near-infrared light. Um, there's also you, – we also get a, a very enhanced immune response when exposed to these different wavelengths of light because that uh, these, these uh, red and near-infrared light can actually stimulate um, – uh, uh, a cytokine called TGF1 beta, um, which is a kind of a, it, it's, it's, it's part of our overall immune immune system. And so exposing yourself to these wavelengths of light, um, can lead to a, a healthy, uh, a very healthy immune response. And what's interesting about that is we, we recently just did a, uh, um, a Q and a with Dr. Praveen Arani, who's a, uh, 
uh, a photomedicine researcher at the University of Buffalo. He's, he's, I, he's the current president of WALT, which is one of the larger photomedicine societies. And um, what he mentioned is in, in their lab, what they're learning, they're learning a lot more about this mechanism with respect to TGF-1 beta. And I think it's really cool. This, 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 this um, example that he shared is really cool because um, it, what, what they're showcasing is that when our, when our cells are healthy, when, when, when that healthy cell is exposed to red and near infrared light, it, 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 um, its functions are that much more enhanced. Um, everything from producing more energy, et cetera. But then when you take a cancer cell, right, within a tumor, uh, for example, you, you think, wait a second, is, are, are you going to see the same thing with that tumor cell? Is it just going to go wild and go crazy and get bigger because it's functioning sort of better, so to speak? Well, they're showcasing the exact opposite uh, with, with cancer cells. Cancer cells actually die in the presence of red and near-infrared light. You get an apoptosis and, a, and autophagy. And so I think that's that's really cool. So you've got this, this, this um, it's almost like the, the equation of like you can have your cake and eat it too because our health, like in the, our healthy cells respond very favorably to these wavelengths of light and unhealthy dysfunctional cells actually respond in the way that we want them to, right? They die, hmm. they, you, know, you, you get autophagy. And apoptosis. So it's it's just it's really really cool um, that you know some of this emerging science is really showcasing the the wide range of of healthy physiological responses that are happening throughout all, throughout our entire body uh, with exposure to these uh, these these beneficial wavelengths of light. I love it. I mean, so one of the things that comes up for me is we are so inundated with you know a variety of light that we can't control right so like i know for example with the cell phone which many of us are fixated on our screens uh frequently i i've put on a red light filter so with like a three click literally when it's when the sun goes down i can hit the side button and it goes from blue light to red light so that it, i can stay you know greater attuned to sort of my circadian rhythm because i did notice you know before when i was in bed like looking at blue light uh, you know, it'd be hard to go to sleep. And then I, you know, did the research and realized that the red light is, is super helpful. And I've now gotten the Himalayan salt lamps all around the house and, and do uh, a fire in the evening. But what are the ways and what are some of the ways in which people can both, I, I, I know how we can improve our exposure to, to red light, but what are the, some of the ways in which we can mitigate uh, against the risks of, shall we call it light that isn't really serving us? Yeah, exactly. And so, so again, just remember that that weight, our bodies respond physiologically and biologically to different wavelengths of light during different times of day. And so, the analogy I like to use is that if you're like if we're approaching the the latter half of the day, um, maybe in the evening, and you eat a high glycemic meal, right, something that's high in carbohydrates, most of us know that that you know we're going to get an insulin response, and that's not. I mean, eating eating that type of food that late at night typically isn't a recipe for success. The same kind of concept holds true when it comes to light. And so, um, like, let's take blue light as an example. Blue light can be very beneficial to our circadian rhythm when we're exposed to it in the morning and or maybe during the day. And, and I'm primarily referring to natural blue light that comes from comes from sunlight. Um, but but that those wavelengths of light serve as a signal to our bodies that we should be awake. And so. If, if you're, you know, especially this time of year in the winter when the days are shorter, if, if you're, if, if you're in the evening, right, the sun has set and you're, you've got the TV going on, you're on your phone and on your, on your laptop, your, your body is, 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 is exposed to these bright blue wavelengths of light. And because there's a, there's a gene within our retina called the melanopsin gene, which, which serves as that, that, um, um, that solar sort of so, solar panel uh, and, and and signals to our body that we should be wide awake. 
And that's, that's not good. You almost have conflicting signals. Your body feels tired and wants to begin to rest, but the bright blue light is, is telling your body, hey, it's time to be wide awake. It's midday. It's, 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 it's the middle of the day. And so it's important to under, understand kind of how, how that works, but there's, there's relatively easy things to do to, to help with that. And one of the things is to pick up some blue light blocking glasses, right? Those are, you know, you can pick some of those up for anywhere from 50 to $100. And, you know, once the sun begins to set, put, put those, put those on, you know, I, I think most, <laughs> most people listening to this show are not going to like, you know, completely turn off all, all screens in the evening. That's not really uh, <laughs> the ideal way to, to live life, but you can, you can supplement, right. That, that lifestyle with something like blue light blocking glasses. Another, another option would be, um, um, when, when, when the sun has set, especially during the winter times and it sets early, most of us still need light to illuminate a room to see. And so choose, choose light sources that are more warmer in color temperature that are lower on the Kelvin temperature scale. Um, and that, that, that's, that serves as less of a, less of a high energy signal to our bodies. And so as an example, my wife and I, in our, in our, in our master bedroom, we recently picked up, uh, the Casper glow lights. I'm not sure if you're familiar with those, but they're like little desktop, uh, little desktop lamps that are kind of cool, um, not too inexpensive, but they're very warm. So they're lower on the Kelvin Kelvin temperature scale, and they're ve- they, they illuminate a very kind of warm orangey kind of red glow. And so that's that's less stimulating to our bodies. You know, when we still need to see at night, we don't want bright white, bright blue light. So instead, using using more warmer sources like that is a good way to kind of supplement or mitigate some of these uh, you know some of the uh, the challenges with our modern our modern lifestyles. I love it. So one of the things that I also wanted to touch on as we talk about light is this notion of, of, of our circadian rhythms, right? So, <laughs> you know, I, I watched a fascinating TED Talk that was talking about, you know, we, we always talk about in nutrition, right, when we're, when we're thinking about food. And I think what's fascinating is it's almost like light nutrition, right? But, <laughs> but, but when we talk about our food in the context of what we eat – but he was saying that ostensibly when we eat is is almost as important as what we eat, which I have, have just it's so infrequently discussed in the conversation of nutrition with the exception of what you shared earlier in terms of like we kind of know, okay, our insulin response, you know, crushing a late night slice of pizza may not be optimal for health, so to speak. <laughs> Tastes damn good right. sometimes, but not optimal <laughs> for health. But, but in terms of circadian rhythm one of the ways in which you know there's there's all these folks that are now talking about for lack of a better term sort of going primal as it relates to nutrition and getting back to you know the human organism which has evolved over over you know these hundreds of thousands of years is not associated with a lot of the stimuli that are now uh inundating us in modern day living and so approximating some of the ways in which our biology has been programmed to thrive is uh is compelling when looking at optimizing health um, so as it relates to circadian rhythm and if you if you will pr- uh, sort of primal physiology, whether that be hormones, whether that be you know uh, overall health, uh, what are some of the ways in which you see photobiomodulation sort of helping us um, live optimally through light? Yeah, and, and this to- I would encourage if you want to go deeper on this topic, you know, Dr. Panda um, has has a, a authored a book called Cir- the Circadian Codes. I'm not sure if it has a subtitle, but if you just Google that, it's, it's a really fascinating uh, book where you can learn more about um, how our bodies. He goes pretty deep on the science of of circadian biology. But this is a this is a pretty emerging emerging field. In fact, I think in in 2017, uh, the Nobel Peace Prize for Medicine was awarded to. Uh, biologists that um, for their work in um, understanding um, how our how 
understanding at least to 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 a certain extent how this actually functions right within our body, our, our how our bodies respond to these circadian rhythms, and um, I think the best way that I that I've sort of um, uh, understand this topic is really using the comparison that you just used, Michael. How did our ancestors, what kind of lifestyles did our ancestors live, yeah. right? Because it wasn't that long ago. We're talking about maybe 150, 200 years ago. It wasn't that long ago. And our bodies are sort of, as you put it, biologically sort of programmed to live according to these natural circadian rhythms. And one one of them was um, was l l like living and responding based on the rise of the sun uh, and, and the setting of the sun. Yeah. And so as the sun sets, as an example, our ancestors didn't flip on a, 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 a MacBook, right, and do work at night. They didn't, uh, they didn't turn on a bright white LED to illuminate a room. No, instead they, they lit a fire, a fire that, that illuminated a very warm glow that was much lower on the Kelvin temperature if they needed light. And so um, that, that's a perfect example of, of living according to these natural circadian rhythms and how our bodies have sort of biologically been programmed. The opposite true is true when the sun sets, right? They didn't, they didn't, um, they didn't get ready under, uh, under, get ready for work under natural, uh, under uh, artificial, you know, bright white uh, light and then go into an office and work on, you know, work, uh, um, you know, under, under the same sort of conditions throughout the day. No, they were out, out outside under natural light most of the day, you know, hunting, um, gathering, et cetera. And so when, when you compare that to how most of us live our lifestyles now, it's drastically different. It's yeah. really, really hard to get enough natural light. It's just uh, our lifestyles typically don't, don't support that. And so one of the first recommendations that we often tell people that are new to this topic is don't go, don't go buy a light therapy device right away, right? Instead, be more cognizant of those natural sort of light cycles in your day, right? There's a pretty well-known uh, statistic that Americans now spend 93% of our lives indoors under artificial light, right? That's a lot of time at scale, right? Over the course of like 70, 80 years, that's a lot of time under artificial light and not nearly enough time in natural sunlight. And so the first the first step, which is completely free, it's like free medicine, is 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 do what you do, Michael. Every morning, go out and get some natural sunlight. If if you live in an area that that um, that supports that. Um, might might be a little bit tough depending on where you live, but go go try to get more natural sunlight, even if it's just ten to fifteen minutes a day, and that will help reset kind of your circadian rhythm. And and getting full spectrum sunlight that is just a, it's 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 a great, it's it's great. It's it's fairly easy and it's completely free. Yeah. Um. But if you do live a lifestyle or live in a climate that doesn't that doesn't get a lot a lot of natural sunlight, I can certainly attest to that. We lived in you know most previously uh, in in Minneapolis for you know six to seven years. There's long stretches of the year, six, seven months out of the year, where you just don't get a lot of natural sunlight. Well, in that scenario, it, it, it'd be good to kind of consider, you know, supplementing your lifestyle with a, a, a light therapy device. And it's not too different than, you know, going and getting blood work and understanding that, hey, you've got a vitamin D deficiency, right? And so maybe you need to, maybe you need to supplement your uh, supplement with a, a high quality vitamin D supplement. The same holds true with light. If you can't, if you, if you live in an area or your lifestyle doesn't, doesn't allow you to get enough natural sunlight during the day, you need to think about supplementing your lifestyle, um, accordingly. Yeah. I, it's interesting because I do live in an area now with sun, but it came from also the Midwest, Chicago, very mm -hmm. dark winters, uh, went to uh, college in Maine, also very dark winters and just noticed, you know, anecdotally that I, definitely move more into a depressive state during those times. I think that's pretty universal for many. I was very, it was acute for me. 
Um, and so I started to incorporate a lot of these practices early and have kind of gotten a little bit more uh, serious about them of late. So I did get a light uh, therapy device. I have the Juice Solo. Um, and I also make it a practice to go outside and get that sunlight in the morning to sort of establish my day. Uh, and I have noticed an overall effect. Uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, because this is something I'm acutely aware of, is 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 horm is hormones basically. So mm -hmm. I've been looking a lot at I've been doing different as I mentioned these different testing protocols and looking at thyroid, uh, looking at testosterone production because obviously you know as as a uh, well I don't want to say obviously but it's something I'm aware of as a man and it, you know as we age just sort of maintaining elevated levels of testosterone. And one of the interesting things that I noticed in the research was a corollary around testosterone with, uh, with photobiomodulation. Um, I don't necessarily understand the efficacy, but I'm very intrigued by it. Uh, can you talk a little bit about like the hormonal benefits of uh, light therapy? Yeah, and this is one of these emerging categories when it comes to, to photobiomodulation or light therapy uh, that's, that's really, really compelling because there's, there's these, um, these other benefit categories like skin health. Uh, the reduction of joint pain and inflammation, faster muscle recovery that are supported by loads and loads of hundreds, uh, arguably hundreds of, of published uh, clinical studies or meta-analyses. Um, but there's, there's a few others that are, that are really beginning to emerge, one of those being hormone health in both men and women. And um, the, the, the research um, to date is fairly limited, but one of the reasons we as a company op, uh, ha have decided to really um, study this more is because um, anecdotally, a lot of people kind of in our network, influencers, um, kind of y your peers as well, people like Ben Greenfield, Luke Story, Mike Mutzel, otherwise pretty healthy individuals. The only difference they were um, they were making in their in their routines was adding full body light therapy, right? But and they were noticing significant increases in libido, in sexual performance. Um, Mike, both Mike Mutzel and Luke Story, as an example, both had their blood work done pre and post. Uh, consistent use of full body light therapy and their testosterone, both free and total uh, testosterone um, results uh, were dramatically increased or numbers were dramatically increased. And so that led us to, to, to really want to, to study this topic in, in more detail. And we actually recently uh, wrapped up a, a clinical study um, with a group in Minneapolis, Minnesota by uh, called Bristlecone Medical. And the, uh, the principal investigator in this in this smaller clinical study was Dr. Kelly Gibbis, who's a a functional medicine practitioner um, has a keen interest in studying um, kind of ancestral uh, living ketogenic diets, et cetera, and was really compelled by by light therapy. Um, and uh, this particular study, we we um, we looked at um, a, both an experimental and control group in both men and women. So the the control group was uh, uh, people that ate a standard American diet, which I think uh, was she, the acronym she used was the SAD diet, which I think is kind of ironic, right? <laughs> Sad diet. So, so they didn't. In other words, uh, they, they they didn't change their diet at all. They were just eating the kind of a normal normal standard American diet, and then incorporated the Juve Solo into their daily routine. The device that you have it treats you know two thirds of half to two thirds of your body in a single session. Um, and then the experimental group did the same thing. So they incorporated the same device on, on a daily basis using our our kind of our standard treatment guidelines, which is which is ten minutes uh, per per treatment area. Uh, but they but they. Um, uh, they, uh, um, over the course of 12 weeks, they ate a ketogenic diet, 
Yeah. Right. So, so the, the control normal diet with red light therapy, the experimental group ketogenic diet with red light therapy. And in both, both men and women, the results were incredibly compelling. Um, and as an example, in, in the, uh, the, the, the male group, um, the, uh, the testosterone increases ranged anywhere from for the, for the, for the group that just, that just, that didn't change their diet at all. Uh, free testosterone increases ranged any for anywhere from 20 to 80%. Right. Um, in the ketogenic diet, um, the free testosterone results increased even more dramatic, anywhere from 100 to 200 percent over the course of 12 weeks. So really, really compelling. And those same results held true for uh, for the women as well. And so we studied progesterone to estrogen ratios in women and they saw really, really, uh, really similar results as well. So the, the control group um, saw increases in their progesterone, which is kind of like the male equivalent of testosterone for women. They saw, uh, increases of, uh, increases of, of 70 to hundred percent, uh, for the, uh, for the, um, the group that just ate the normal American, uh, American diet. And the results were even more, more compelling for the, for the ketogenic group alone. So moral of the story, um, here is that, um, Introducing full body light therapy has pretty dramatic uh, uh, hormonal um, benefits. Even though this was a, a smaller study, um, that that was one of the clear you know conclusions. And then eating a ketogenic diet it, like exaggerates those results even more so, which I think is is really really cool. So this is one of the the, the first studies that. Um, uh, that's ever been ever been conducted on full body light therapy and hormonal results, and then we're we're just like we were blown away by the results and anxious to study it even more so, you know, in in the future. I I love it. I'd actually love to. I want to delve deeper into the research. You you had mentioned PubMed as it relates to you know a lot of the studies around, say for example, skin or or, or some of the more commonly known uh, efficacies as it relates to photobiomodulation. Um, is can people find that like uh, that that research you just you just spoke about, or is there an emerging field that people can sort of uh, dive into as it relates to the various benefits? One is this first part of the question. The second part is really like, you know, I'm still figuring out because I've been, you know, I, I've fortunately been working with the Juice Solo now for a few months, but I'm, I'm, I'm always curious per what we talked about it as it relates to circadian rhythms. Like when do, uh, when do I optimally use, right? So right now I'm doing it in the morning in a, on cloud, cloudy days, for example, uh, when I can't go out into the sun and oftentimes in the evening as well. And I uh, am fortunate and many, many folks won't have this, but I also have a sauna. So I'll do like the heat therapy. Um, but, but, uh, and I find it doesn't interrupt my sleep patterns, but it, can you tell us, break it down a little bit, like a couple things. One, where can people find the most effective research if they want to delve deeper in, into these topics? And then two, for those who are interested in, in kind of going further and maybe using a light therapy device like a juve, what, what do you recommend for optimal effect? Yeah. So, so the, these, this particular study that, that I just referenced has not been published in a, in a journal yet. We, we've released the, the earlier results and we'll likely continue to, to enroll more and more participants in this particular study. But we, we released the first wave, the data from the, the, the first wave uh, in the form of a, uh, an FAQ style piece with Dr. Gibbis, the, the principal investigator on our website. So if you just, if you, if you go to juve.com or just Google juve and, you know, um, um, uh, hormonal results or something like that, you'll likely find it. Um, and you, you can, I think what's interesting is, is the, the FAQ piece certainly 
uh, details all of these results that I just mentioned in, in, um, in both text and graphical form, but you can actually um, read why Dr. Gibbous, um, her hypothesis as to why um, the, the results, uh, why we saw these types of results and why they were sort of amplified um, in, in conjunction with the ketogenic diet. And I think that's, that's super interesting. And at, to touch on that at a, at, a, at a high level, she, it's her fundamental belief that, um, that at, as, as at least, at least with respect to Americans, as most of us age and are eating kind of a, a, that sad diet, right? That standard American diet, mm. we, we experience a fair amount of metabolic conjunct, uh, uh, congestion is, is the way she describes it. And I, and, and the, the example here is that if you're, you know, say you're on highway five here in, in interstate five here in Southern California, traffic is at a standstill primarily because you've got cars that, that, that there are, are changing lanes and there's just a lot of congestion on the interstate. The same thing, the same sort of principle is true when it comes to um, uh, metabolic function. If, if we're eating too much and not getting enough natural light and balancing you know, in, in conjunction with, uh, with our circadian rhythms, um, our, the mitochondria in our cells, they don't know what to do. Do I, do I, do I take the, um, do I use the overabundance of glucose readily available? Do I try to tap into glycogen? They get, you almost, they almost get confused as to which source to draw from and you end up experiencing a, a fair amount of metabolic con, uh, congestion as she describes. And so if you're interested in like going deep on that, I'd, I'd encourage everyone to kind of check out that blog post in more detail. Maybe we can link to it in the, in the show notes. Yeah, that'd be um, great. I'll have you do that. Yeah, but in terms of in terms of when to use the device, um, there's not that's never really been studied in, in great detail. It's something that we it's a question that often comes up, and we we hope to study that out in um, in, in greater respects in the future. But I would I would the, the best advice is is probably to follow the natural uh, sunrise and sunset. So yeah. it's if you're if if you're um, if you kind of believe in the science of circadian biology, which um, um, uh, that it would make sense that you would use this type of therapy in the morning to supplement maybe the natural sunrise and then uh, in the evening. So maybe not right before you go to bed, but in the even in the early evening hours once the sun is set, because that's in natural sunlight that that's where red and near infrared wavelengths are most prevalent is in the is in the the sunrise and sunset. So it kind of makes sense to to use it during those. Uh, it's probably optimal to use it during those times of day. With the caveat that if you can't, if you don't have the flexibility to do that, any sort of daily, you know, light therapy regimen, anytime you can fit it, you know, 10 minutes into your day, um, that's, that's better than nothing. You know what I mean? So, yes. um, if you're really trying to optimize, probably do it in the morning or the evening, but, uh, but really any time of day is going to be better than, uh, better than not supplementing your, your lifestyle with, uh, with, uh, with healthy wavelengths of light. I Thank you for that. That makes sense to me intuitively in terms of, of following those cycles. Um, one of the questions also that came up to me as you were talking, which was, I, I mean, collagen production makes sense, but in terms of skin, right? Like, I mean, my, my greater interest at the moment is is the sort of deep, you know, physiolog physiological health benefits. But like aesthetic benefits are definitely not lost on me, uh, you know, and I think many people like how does that work in terms of actually improving your skin? Because I think intuitively many people think, or at least have been conditioned to say, you know, that in the dance with the sun, right, one doesn't want to be exposed too much to sun. And unfortunately now, you know, I think many of us grew up putting sunscreen on that was definitely not uh, all natural, shall we say, and put a lot of toxins on the skin, etc. And we know now, obviously, skin's one, you know, 
it, it, it's put what you put on your skin has profound impacts because it's obviously seeped in through that organ uh, and, right. has, and has profound effect. Um, and, and that dance with the sun, it's like 10 minutes is great depending on the time. I actually usually go in the morning and evening when it's less, uh, when it's less potent. I, having lived in Sri Lanka, I know that if I, if I went out in the tropics at noon, I had to be very careful about sun. But I try to, uh, for me, you know, sort of know when is optimal because I want to prolong, obviously, uh, my skin and hopefully not ha- uh, be wrinkled as a raisin uh, mm-hmm. or earlier than I need to be, so to speak. And I know, and I know many people that's a factor. So what's, what's the best way to dance with the sun, so to speak, and mm-hmm. how can photobiomodulation help with, um, with caring for your skin? Sure. And, and this is an interesting topic because most people, like you said, are just are, have this this um, this fear that like, you know, the sun is going to cause, um, you know, too much damage. So it's best to just, you know, either wear a, a, a hat, put on, you know, wear, you know, wear full clothing, just basically stay, you know, the message kind of that like, we've heard, you know, you know, for the better part of the last, you know, 15 to 20 maybe maybe 30 years has been avoid the sun because it's it's damaging and i think i mean there's certainly there's certainly some truth to that but but if we kind of st- take a step back and think what why why does this exist right why does this this um this this fear exist and it's largely because of how how we've to use your to use your your phrase how we've danced with it historically yeah. Yeah. most of us are are living lifestyles that aren't in natural sunlight and our only exposure to the sun is maybe once a month on uh, on a Saturday in peak sunlight for two or three hours, right? Well, of course, our bo- <laughs> well, that's going to lead to to to, to sunburn, right? That's our body's physi- physiological response to overexposure uh, within that context. And so, yeah, of course, that's not a great recipe for success. But if you're dancing with the sun for 10, 15 20 minutes a day on a consistent basis, you're not going to get burned. I don't care. Like I'm, I'm, a, I'm pretty close to a ginger and during, during the summer, uh, the, uh, the summer season here in Southern California, if I'm consistently in the sun for those times, right. Working up 10, 15, 20, 30, 45 minutes, I don't get burned at all. Mm. Right. So it's how we, it's how we, it's how we've danced with the sun historically, which just caused problems. So the, 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 the wavelengths of light from the sun can be very beneficial, but we have to we we have to sort of um, you know dance appropriately so to, so to speak and so um, that that's the one thing I'd mention with respect to sunlight is is you know let, stop and think about your exposure to natural light and just like anything if you don't drink let's use water as an example say you didn't drink any water throughout the week but one one day you know on one day of the week you drank. 10 gallons of water, you know, in a short amount of time. Well, that's probably not going to be the, the greatest thing for, for, for your overall health. <laughs> and so, um, so, so sun, sun, natural sunlight can be very beneficial, but we have to, uh, we have to think a little bit smarter on how to, how to best use it for, uh, for, you know, to optimize our, our overall health. But when it comes to red and near infrared light, really red light more specifically, these wavelengths of light can be extremely beneficial for our skin. In fact, we have a lot of customers that will purchase a juve for, muscle recovery, for enhanced cognitive function, for better hormonal health. Um, but as a side benefit, they're, they get, you know, after, after consistent use, they'll get a lot of comments around like, you know, Hey, you're using Botox, you know, or like, what's, what's the deal with your, your, your skin? I mean, you're, you're obviously going to a spa on some sort of consistent basis and they're just using it, uh, using red, red and near infrared light consistently. And so I think that's one of the, the added, the added, um, 
um, kind of icing on the cake, so to speak, you know, to using this type of therapy on a, on a consistent basis is that almost everyone across the board is going to experience some, some nice sort of aesthetic skin benefits. And that's primarily because um, in our skin tissues, Red light specifically, again, because it's, absor it's absorbed most prominently in the, in the superficial layers of your skin, it stimulates fibroblasts, right? Fibroblasts are the types of cells that produce collagen. And by stimulating fibroblasts to function more efficiently, they can produce collagen um, in a more productive manner. And so that's why, you know, people get comments around, you must be using Botox because their skin looks more full. It's, 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 it's got that glow, that healthy glow. And that's, that's, that's from the increased collagen production, uh, through the stimulation, uh, from, from red wavelengths of light. Wow. So to your earlier point on sun, it's like, it's dose dependent, you know, like I think <laughs> it's, it's like, how, how do we get that, uh, effective dose and, and moderation is key. Uh, just like, you wouldn't take a whole if you were, if you were taking a medication you wouldn't take the entire bottle at once uh, mm -hmm. dose is dose is critical and to your latter point um, I, I'm fascinated by this uh, the the collagen production and uh, definitely keen on op obviously optimizing benefit as it relates to skin as well as I age and like definitely want to be in the sun because I love being outdoors I love being in nature and you know, I talked to Ben Greenfield. I've actually been at Luke's stories. We did his, I actually named his uh, biohacking lounge the Zen Den. And I, yeah. he had the full body juve in there. And he had just received packages. And that's actually when I was like, oh, I got to reach out to Scott. Because we had, we had met a couple times, but I'd seen you at yeah. Paleo FX while I was with Luke. And I was, and I, when I saw Luke rocking it, that's actually when I was like, okay, I got to get, I want to get a, a, a juve. And so I got the juve solo and I've been, um, incorporating it in my, into my mindfulness, uh, and, and overall wellness regimen. And it's been really, uh, of great service to me. So I just wanted to say, thank you. Um, it's, it's really, I think, I think what you're, it, it's always cool to see devices out there that serve people in being their optimum selves. And, you know, I'm always on the lookout for, you know, devices that can devices supplements anything that can help people be you know more fully themselves right and mm -hmm. so but i also I, I love that you're like look you know if if you're not of means and or if you're you know go out and 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 grab sun like that's free you know and at the same time if you want to up the ante you know here's here's an effective way to do it so for those who want to find out more um about what you're up to uh with juve especially this research and I'll, and I'll actually link to that below in the show notes, but where can people find you? Yes. Yeah, so the, the, the best place is, uh, is our website, juve.com. So that's J two O's, two V's juve.com. You can also just Google juve and, and juve red light or something like that. You'll probably find us there, but there's probably two areas of our, of our site that I direct you to. So if you want to go deeper on, on some of these topics, hit up the learn section. Um, and that there's a, there's a whole host of, uh, of different uh, long form, really well sourced articles on these various benefit categories. So if you if you're kind of a, a, a science geek or a nerd like like me, that's where I I direct you towards. In fact, we've got a, a really um, cool clinical database where you can actually input search terms and that will that will query um, thousands of published studies on photomedicine. So we get a lot of we get a lot of questions: Is does does light therapy help for X or does light therapy help for Y? And so we build out this database that actually allows you to efficiently sort or efficiently search um, um, or uh, uh, this this database of thousands of of, of photobiomodulation uh, papers, which is kind of cool. So if you're if you're into the science, go there. If you want to stay more high level and just get an idea of like what people are saying in their own words, uh, go to the reviews page, and that's uh, 
we, we publish all of the reviews, even if they're not, even if they're not great. So everything is, everything is published. Fortunately, um, fortunately, most, most reviews, the overwhelming majority of reviews are very, very positive, but you can really get a, a feel for what people are saying in their own words, uh, with, uh, after using, you know, uh, red and near infrared light therapy on a consistent basis. So that's where I'd, I'd, uh, I'd probably direct you to. And if you're on social, we're at juve social. That's our handle on, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We're probably most active on Instagram, but at juve social is our handle there. So those are, those are the areas that I, that I'd, I'd, I'd point you to. And I love the fact that you brought up Luke Story's setup. I didn't know that you, you coined the, the Zen, the Zen. Bin. That's, <laughs> that's very nice, but I actually stole his idea when I first, when I first, um, I saw he, that he uses the, the vibration plate, Yep. right? So he stands on the vibe plate in front of the in front of the juve and that's what i do now so like i've got i've got the full body setup and I, I i stand on the vibration plate for you know uh eh, seven to eight minutes on one side and then kind of turn around it's a great way to kind of stack multiple therapies into one sort of treatment session if you will so kudos to luke for that uh for that I, setup i like that actually i haven't incorporated the plate yet i might have to do that I actually was just out in ohio with the guy who started something which i think hasn't grown yet called plate fit uh, which is actually genius, but they do all the work. They do their workout in 27 minutes on plates, uh, which is which is interesting. Uh, I, mean, I should I should shout him out and tell him to do. You should maybe incorporate some uh, some juve in terms of the uh, the studio because I I would love I'd love to actually I love whenever you can do like you can compound and say you know because obviously our most valuable resource is is time and our health uh mm -hmm. in terms of it's the one thing all of us have and then we we take it for granted until we don't have it anymore um but i think stacking things that are beneficial is a profound hack if you will quote unquote yep. and um right now i've just been meditating with my juve but i actually think if i if i could if i could get the plate going uh which i'll have to work on that uh and even potentially get some workout or some stretching and i was i've actually was just reading uh, a, a friend of mine who I'll shout out now called Aaron Alexander. I don't know if you're f uh, familiar with Aaron, uh, who has the Align podcast, but his book, I just got a galley copy, is similarly around kind of a thing that's so common to all of us, but we very infrequently think about with, I think, the degree of consideration we should, which is our, around our alignment and our movement. And like you said, most many of us today are in freaking offices sitting on chairs under fluorescent lights and that is definitely not a recipe for health and vitality mm -hmm. and so thinking about things like alignment and movement and thinking about things about the caliber of your light and what kind of light you're inviting into your life and the intention you have around your relationship to light and light nutrition for lack of a better term i think is is something i've become acutely aware of and i just want to first of all just say thank you scott because you actually were one of the people that tuned me into it and you know now the juve is a part of my regular wellness regimen and i'm i'm, I'm a fan man so thank you thank you very much no i appreciate i appreciate the uh appreciate you saying those those kind those kind words and uh and having having us uh, having me on the on the show, you know, it's always it's always a pleasure to kind of bring more awareness to importance that light has has in our lives. And so, um, what maybe may, maybe what you're saying is I brought a little light to your life. Is that, is that, <laughs> that was. I hope you use that again. Actually, that was actually uh, that was that was gold. I actually used to work with an Australian, and he would bring out the cheesiest jokes, but they always they always got me. So yes, you did. Yes, you did. Uh, yes, uh, I'm, I'm, I tend to be a little bit of a little bit of a fan of puns, you know. Yeah, you know, exactly. even if they're even if they're cheesy. So so uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad I was able to drop that that <laughs> drop that pun. But you, you, but you dropped a gem. 
Yeah, j- joking aside, no, I mean, totally appreciate it. Always, um, always uh, grateful for the opportunity to kind of just uh, raise more, raise more awareness for the importance of light because it is, it is one of those, um, those big underappreciated aspects uh, that that uh, to, to overall health that most people just don't even think about. So, uh, it's uh, it's been a pleasure, my friend. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And we'll 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 link up in the show notes um, as it relates to you know w- what you shared in terms of efficacy. I definitely recommend people head over to the Juve uh, website. It is a treasure trove of information, and it's super cool that you can search based on sort of symptom, for lack of a better term, or area of interest, and actually get a lot of the science. Um, it's it's an emerging field. It's one I'm fascinated by. I know that uh, you know as a Scandinavian, uh, it's something. It's something that's so significant. Obviously, I chose to base my life in Los Angeles principally because of the light, right? Like having lived a majority of my life in areas where for four, six, seven, eight months of the year, I, I didn't have that. And I noticed its effect on how I was feeling. And when my best friend actually asked me a very simple question, which is how do you want to feel every day? I realized uh, that there were some changes I wanted to make. And this is back when I was living in New York. And so moving to LA in large measure because of the light and, 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 and frankly, uh, the proximity to nature, which is also a key part of my, my overall health. I mean, to me, it's kind of church has been yeah. uh, has been uh, epic in my life. So check out Juve, uh, check out Scott. Thank you, Scott, for being on the show, man. I really appreciate you. No, I appreciate it, Michael. Thanks yeah. again, man. Thanks, brother. All right. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with my man, Scott Nelson. Uh, I've really benefited over the last several months from incorporating uh, red light therapy into my daily routine and, you know, feel like if you're sensitive to light, if you're thinking about, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're challenged with hormonal issues, if you're, you know, if you're looking at, you know, collagen and skin and, and, and the various efficacies that red light can have on your life, I think it could be, you know, really valuable at least to explore the website um, over at juve.com uh, and, and check out and see sort of some of the different efficacies. I'm fascinated by this emerging field and, you know, it makes sense to me. I feel like we are, you know, uh, we are an integral and interdependent part of nature and photosynthesis, you know, we find in plants and I feel like we are highly sensitive to light. I know I'm highly sensitive to light. So I'm really interested in this idea of kind of light nutrition and found my conversation with Scott to be really helpful. So I hope you did too. If you enjoyed it, you know, please go ahead and leave a rating and review on iTunes. It helps us move up and build the community uh, in the algorithm. And, you know, if, if you have any feedback for me on ways we can improve or guests you'd love to have on the show or what you got out of the episode, you can always hit me up at, at Michael Trainer on Instagram, on social media. I love it when you uh, reach out to me because this is all about adding value to the community. So with that, thank you so much and go out there and live your inspired life.